Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, flow, freedom, agorism, anarchy, and more. Our mission is to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. I'm your host, Mike the Polymath Whistler, coming from the Easy Peasy Shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. a man named Jeff Pigeon. Now, Jeff has made a long career out of talking into a microphone, so I figured he was a guy that would be worth having a conversation with. And uh, I warn you, the, the levels at the beginning of the conversation on the microphone were... A little, little wacky, but bear with us, it gets better. So, with that, here's Jeff Pigeon. Um, I, I just think the, you know, the big thing, what I heard, is just so much distraction and everything else. Sure. So we do this, okay? You ask me a question, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Now, I don't know how, I don't know how much, you can test it now or whatever, I don't know how... I mean, how much that picks up. It sounded good. My voice is a little thin at times, especially okay. especially at night. Yeah. M- most of the stuff I do is in the morning. Sure. So well, little, yeah, you're a morning so guy. It's a little more full, and you know, so anyway, so I think it's be a lot better. I agree. Yeah. So tell tell us who you are. Okay. Yeah, Jeff Pigeon, uh, WIBC, thirty-seven years. Um, Terrestrial radio. You got a whole career in old-fashioned radio. Well, yeah. If you want to call it that, Mike, old-fashioned, I guess is, is these days. Yeah, it might be a way to look at it, but uh, it, it's completely different uh, than it was when I started back in 1971. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a whole new ball game now. Well, it's funny because I met you a couple days ago. Right. right? We'll, we'll we'll give a little background here. Sure. So I met you here at the dugout, which is my favorite bar, and it sounds like maybe it's your favorite bar too. Unfortunately, I live <laughs> right around the corner. <laughs> that's that's it's an a, easy way to pick a, a favorite. Yeah. It's a it's a thirty second walk. No, I do love the bar, and I, and I do love it. And, and you know, changed it somewhat over the years. Yeah. He still kind of get the you want to call it the dive bar look in the old section, and and you know did, did so much. Uh, um, it, I think improving. Yeah. Uh, with all the space that he's got now and everything, and it's turned into quite the place here. How long have you been coming here? Well, we, uh, Mike, we moved here back in, um, I think, 12 years. Okay. So, I mean, went through the whole thing, you know, when Tommy Ford owned it and everything else. And, and growing up, I remember hearing, like, don't go down to Fountain Square. Like, that's a rough side of town, but well, that's not very, so much anymore. Well, you know, you know when, I first, when I first moved uh, to, you know, uh, uh, Indianapolis, we lived in Carmel. Uh-huh. That's where yeah. I grew up in Westfield. So. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, a little different. And I heard the same thing, you know. You, know, eh, you might want to be careful about oh, And especially when we moved here. It's so different, though. It's hard to explain, and it's hard to visualize, folks. But, but uh, they had outside seating, but it was basically in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and now it's just fantastic. They've done a wonderful job. Well, they added the cultural trail and all that, right? And that was huge. 
So you're you're an Indianapolis guy for a long time. Nineteen eighty one, Mike. Okay. Okay. And before that. Okay, well, uh, Chicago boy originally, you know, yeah. and then yeah. you know started started out in radio. That's how you and I became friends. I know. Chicago Cubs, you know. <laughs> Got the hat on. Yeah, I still yeah. wear it. Well, even, you're wearing a Colts hat tonight, though, but you know, hey, I'm I am. Yeah. You know. I forgot that I put the Colts hat on. That's all right. But uh, yeah, Cubs are you know getting beat up a little bit, but yeah, you know, you always got to be a fan, and, and uh, you know, I wasn't one of those guys that jumped on a bandwagon back in. When yeah. it was 2016 or whatever, right, right, but you know, right. for a long time. But yeah, so uh, terrestrial radio back in the days, Mike. When you, well, it, it was like uh, it was like going to school. When you when you first started, you went to this station and that station and this station and that station, learned what you could, moved on, and your main goal was to get to a major market. So I started out in Chicago, grew up there, then went to Muscatine, Iowa, Quincy, Illinois. So the first time that your voice was on the airwaves was from your hometown of Chicago? No, 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 no. You just no. started there. Okay. No, I, I went to a broadcasting school there and then went to, took the first job that came up. It was Muscatine, Iowa. I see. KWPC. Yeah. The locals called it Keep Willie's Pants Clean. That's how much respect they had for the radio station. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so learned a little bit there, then moved, uh, went to Quincy, Illinois. Which was the first the first automated radio station? It was owned by uh, Gates, uh, Hannibal Quincy, was KGRC, and it was computerized. The it was co- owned by Bill Gates. You're saying? No, no, no. Gates Gates Radio. Okay. okay yeah. No, okay. not Bill Gates. I'm I'm confused. No. <laughs> That's all right. But and and it was computerized. It kind of like the first. I guess the the premise was Mike that you could record your show put all the elements together and then go out and sell as opposed to live radio it was pre-recorded correct i see exactly so and that was interesting and 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 then from there it was uh let me think now quince illinois it was uh back in the days you had a a periodical uh that would tell you where radio jobs were and you'd send your tapes everywhere and and hopefully someone would contact you and so from Quincy, Illinois, I went to Great Falls, Montana, in a triumph, in a triumph Spitfire, that I had to cut the uh, rims off to get snow tires on. <laughs> Serious, man. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, you know, drove through the Rockies and all that, and then got out there. But, but, but again, back then you you just went where where the, the work was, where yeah. the work was, and how you could improve your your career. So Great Falls, Montana. And then Bismarck, uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, and then Fargo, North Dakota, and then back to Davenport, Iowa, Davenport, Iowa, to uh, KSTP in Minneapolis, St. Paul, which was a kick-ass rock and roll radio station back in the days. It really was something. And then from there, did country music for three years in Denver, and then uh, came to WIBC, and then went to Chicago for, I was at IBC for like a year, and then went back up to Chicago. It's called the Satellite Music Network. It was the first satellite radio station oh, ever. Wow. Okay, you pretended you were like in that market. Huh. They fly you up to like Iron Mountain, Michigan, you know, and you kind of like pretend you were from there because they didn't know. And, uh, and then came back to, to uh, IBC back in 81, I think. And then stuck around after that. Huh? Stuck around after that. Uh, you know, got the morning show in '88 and did it uh, for, for 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 20 years. So it's it's interesting. You said you kind of like we're on the forefront of satellite radio for mm-hmm. a moment there, right? Mm-hmm. Just just a year, but kind of bowed out. It, I mean, that technology maybe wasn't quite ready yet, or what do you? Th- it was really odd because, and I don't know how many folks be, are interested that was before in before Sirius in the, and all. Oh, that, absolutely. Right? Yeah. But but it was satellite radio. Yeah. Uh, you had downlinks and uplinks and everything else, and you had to time things to satellite time. So you had to be within a quarter of a second accurate uh, by the time you ended a song or whatever. Otherwise, it would it would just chop it. So huh, huh. It, was, it was strange, but it was but very interesting. So I I was interested to get you on the show because it's like it's like the new medium, right? The right. transition from terrestrial radio to podcasting. You mentioned when I met you a couple nights ago that you were interested in maybe doing a podcast of your own, uh, which, you know, 
I started mine and it's not that hard to do, so I highly recommend you do it. Um, but it's kind of like there's none of these barriers to entry that there used to be. All you need is to buy the gear and start recording and put it out there. So it's a bit crazier these days maybe to try to get, you know, how do you get a market? I, you know, I'm, that's my question right, right. at this moment because it's a brand new show and trying to get listenership. I mean, it's cool, I guess. It sounds like you were both a DJ and like a talk radio guy at different times. Right, yeah. It morphed from, uh, you know, from rock and roll radio, music radio, into full service radio, and then to talk radio. Uh, and explain and what full service radio full is. Full service radio, Mike, is, is, uh, is you've, I mean, you're doing a show, you're hosting a show, but you're surrounded by an amazing group of talented individuals like at WIBC back when I was there we had a 10 person news department you had a three or four or five person news staff we had the Pacers we had um, the Colts and, and, and you also had new, uh, uh, the weather was a big thing so you incorporated all of that into one program okay all of that was which was a, the morning show yeah correct yeah and it also continued through the day but mornings were more more intensive when it came to I say full service information, okay, and so you'd have traffic on the tens or traffic on the threes or whatever yeah, they change sure. it around and all sure. that stuff. But that's what it was. It was news, weather, traffic, sports, and and on occasion, you know, you'd be able to interview some folks, and so you kind of squeeze that in, uh, and that was full service radio, and it was a thing where seriously, if you could listen for twenty minutes, you you were you would probably have your day pretty well set. You kind of get a little bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Know what's going on, all that. And yeah. it wasn't it, it wasn't very controversial. I mean, sure. on occasion, you'd have a crazy-ass guest on or whatever. Well, I was about you know. to ask, like, who the coolest person maybe you interviewed was. Oh, or, man, you know. that, I, you know, people have asked that a lot. And um, I'm, I should have maybe prepped a little bit before I started talking yeah, about this. Yeah, that's okay. But, um, give me a second. Let me light one up, too. Um, Take your time. The coolest person I ever interviewed. I interviewed three presidents. Really? Yes. While they were serving office? Or uh, after? Or, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but... Yes, while they were serving. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Jimmy Carter. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a while ago. <laughs> right? Jimmy Carter, that was in Davenport, Iowa. Um, Ronald Reagan. And... Uh, George Bush the first. Okay, cool, cool. Right. Uh, so I would say, I mean, that's probably the highlight, but there are so many guests, Mike. I mean, I can't, I can't really think of anybody that really uh, uh, jumps out at me, which is really odd and, and shame on me for not being able to, you know, come up with somebody like that. They were all fun. They were all good. I, well, that's cool. A lot, living presidents, you know, serving presidents. That's, I mean, not everybody gets a chance to talk I know. to them. So... I would, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. When, go ahead. Uh, with the, uh, uh, George H. W. It was a tree planting ceremony that, that Mayor Bill Hudnut had here in Indianapolis. I've so, heard about Hudnut. He was beloved, wasn't he? He was the best man. Yeah, everybody loved Hudnut. Yeah. Let those loud cars go by, right? That's fine. Yeah. So. Uh, but it was you, you had to go through you know your security check and everything else. But we were on stage, and it was me and Big John Gillis. It was Evan By. It was Senator Dan Coats. It was Bill Hudnut, and we were waiting for the for the president to arrive. And he and he, he finally he had a big tent, and he and he pulled up, and, and uh, they played the and here he comes fucking president of the United States of America. He's, yeah. he's, so he, he walks up on stage. Sandy Patty was going to sing like God Bless America or the National Anthem or whatever. And her mic didn't work. Uh oh. So the president, President Bush, said hi to everybody. That was the last guy in line and walked over to me and we're waiting for Sandy Patty to sing and the mic's not working. So Sandy Patty's standing there and the president of the United, the most powerful man in the world is standing next to me for like two minutes. <laughs> and I don't know what to say to this guy. Yeah, yeah. And he was so cool. Cause it's like, hey, it's cold out here, isn't it? And it's like an unexpected stuff. break in the programming, I'm right? I'm telling you, man. So you got this awkward like time to fill, yeah. It was, it was just, 
it was just such a such a awkward moment. <laughs> but he was so cool. Yeah. And I've got Shoma but and everything else, you know, and uh, so I think that was kind of a one of the highlights of my career. I could imagine standing next to the president and realizing he's just a normal kind and of I guy. Was, here's what I was thinking, Mike. Seriously, yeah. this is a strange thing to think. Uh-huh. Okay. But I was thinking, not during the time, but after. Like, I could have, like, grabbed him by the ear or something. Done something crazy. Or flicked his nose. <laughs> You, know, you might have ended up going to prison or something. Exactly, but, <laughs> but I'd be on film forever. Isn't yeah. that, but that's a, an odd way to think about things. That is not, you had that opportunity and you'll, you you passed it up. I would have yeah. never have done it. I, mean, I, 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 I had so much respect for the man. Yeah, but it was like, yeah. wow, he's that close to me. Yeah. You know? So. Well, it's funny, you know, for some reason this conversation's got me thinking of something that a friend sent me um, today. And it was a recording of a, of a fella, I believe he was a journalist. Yeah. And he was talking about how, like, in our given day and age, like right now, today, America, like how people feel like we're more divided than we've ever been. Of this, course. This and that. But this guy basically was um, was speaking from a point of view of, I, I saw the late 60s and this feels similar. You know, he talks about how, you know, I saw when MLK got shot, I saw when JFK got shot. You know, the, the, the nation was at each other's throats back then, too. And and before you knew it, we were on the moon. And everything changed. And, it, you know, and... That's an interesting... It was, it was a hopeful message. Uh, and I guess the reason I bring it up is because it, it feels like I'm sitting across from a guy from clearly, like, a different generation. You are. And... Um, I was born in 1950. You were born in 1950. 1950. Okay. So I... It's interesting you that, that you bring that up because I saw that I saw that all happen. I was, um, let's see, 13 when when President Kennedy was shot, and I yeah. remember that day like it was yesterday. I swear to God, man, it yeah. was so surreal. And then I was also watched live on TV when Lee Harvey Oswald was shot. I was live on TV, man. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, it was I, I, I don't. Remember who was? Oh, it was uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was shot, and Bobby Kennedy gave that unbelievable speech here in Indy. Man, it was like if you ever pulled that up on YouTube or you video, yeah. man, you have to, because they didn't know. The crowd did not know the significance that he was killed, and Bobby Kennedy came up and had to tell that crowd. That happened here. Yes, I didn't know that. Right here, downtown Indianapolis, wow. they got a park. And then he got shot, what, a year or two later? Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, no, it wasn't, was it Chicago? Anyway, he would, yeah, he was shot by Sirhan Sirhan. So Survived. That, so that, so that, no, he died. Oh, did he? Bobby died too? He, I, yeah. I guess I, I don't have He my died that night, uh, uh, the Christ. next day, 1968, I think. Wow. So it was like, boom, 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 boom. Then Vietnam was going on. Yeah. All the protests. You know, and again, I revert back to Chicago, but downtown Chicago was awful. Yeah. I mean, you think you think things are bad now? You should have seen it back then during the Democratic Convention. It was awful. Yeah. Um, and so that, and and uh, and again, yeah, we landed on the moon, and and yet, uh, I don't know if that changed everything. Well, but but maybe, that maybe term, it was a turning point. But or that something. turmoil. Yeah. You know, we survived the '60s. We can survive this. Yeah, yeah. We really can, man. I, I believe it too. I yeah. Do. You know, the whole thing, I think this guy, the story, and I might try to like pull the audio from this thing that was sent to me and see if I can use it. Because um, it, so, it was so incredible. He's, he tells all this stuff about all this is going on, and then he tells this story about how him and his dad are on a road trip during this time when the, yeah. when the country feels like it's falling apart, and they break down in the middle of BFE, and... You know, the the gas station's closed, but they knock on the door. The guy comes, opens up. They tell him he's broke down. He says, let me go get the mechanic in town. And, you know, before they know it, you know, the, the, the sun's coming up in the morning, and they've got the mechanic. They've got the guy from the local auto parts store. And, and they've got breakfast from the guy's wife. And they're sending him out on the road without a bill. You know, they're basically like they fixed his car for free, and they, they sent him on his way and wished him luck. With a full belly, him and his son. You know, this is from the perspective of the son. Right. And they, you know, this guy's saying when they got home that night, 
you know, he's going to bed, he's about to turn the lights off, his dad comes in the room and says, you know, no matter what you see on TV, no matter what you hear on the news or on the radio, that's how people really are. What you saw today is how people really are. It's a great fucking story. I mean, it, it, it really is. And, and, and I think people still are the same way today. Agreed. It's Agreed. Just, you know what? You don't see it Mike, on the news. But, but Mike, but. It, you know, news is... I remember our old news director, Fred Heckman. Uh-huh. You know, he said, is it news or news? You know, and, <laughs> and he was... And, but, 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 he, but his point was, is that news is something that you don't see every day. You don't see it every day. But people are so good, people are so kind, uh, always helping each other. You never hear about that shit. You never do. And it's up to the news departments and the news and the program directors and everything else to make you tune in, man. Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to say, hey, everything's great today, so see ya. They're not going to say that, which is kind of tragic. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know any other way to explain it. Well, it's kind of like... Um just in terms of this podcast that you are now on, mm-hmm. right? It's I'm trying to choose the tone of the podcast. Right. And today you could choose a lot of different tones. You could be angry, you could be sad. I try to stay kind of positive and uh, solution oriented and and this and that. Um, I guess I don't know what the point is to say exactly that, but I I, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't want to be another bad source of news or a source of bad news, right? Like, I just, I want people to listen to this show and enjoy themselves at least. At the same time, though, I almost put one out last night about how sad I am about how people seem to be treating each other these days. Well, and I don't know if you see that too or, I, I, you or know, feel that, but I, 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 I do, and it's kind of, I do and I don't. Sure. Uh, I try to. I still open doors for ladies. Yeah. I still. You know, when's the last time you did that? I'm. I'm a, a oh, guy, every day. A every guy day. like you. I, I would every assume. Day. I would assume every day. And you see the look on their face, or when you're standing in line at the grocery store, and or at the meat counter or whatever, and there's a lady behind you, and you say, "Lady." I just did this the other day. I said, "Ladies first. You know. Yeah. And I thought, "Is that sexist? Am I going to get yelled at for that? Right. Right. You know. Right. And she was like the big smile on her face, and. I think I think basically my people, for whatever reason, still have that in them. Oh yeah. But you just don't hear about it as often as you should. You can you see it. Yeah. But you don't. You never see that on the news, and that's part of the problem today. We're just bombarded with all this all this bad shit. Negativity. Day after day after yeah. day. And me personally, I'd rather read it than see it. I, I, That's how I, I do it. I get it. I get. I get what you mean by that. I'll make my. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, hopefully, it's not slanted what I'm reading, but I can go to different sources. Well, and, frankly, and then, I think it's all slanted. But at least if you're reading it, you're reading it at your own pace. That's the point. You know. That's the point. And, and you not, digest it. That's the point. It's not digested for you. Right. Yeah. And it's a shame that that has to happen. Yeah. You know that that you know that that kind of like the networks morphed into that. But that's personally what I do. I'll read it. I'll, I'll, I'll get my own opinion, and and then I'll go from there. I tend to read the news too. I don't like I don't like watching it. Um, right. But it, it almost makes me think about this whole thing with podcasting, and how it's a new medium for kind of an old format, right? Talk radio, and like podcasting. Um, you, we were talking about this before because it was almost like. Uh, you were afraid that the background noise might be an issue or the distractions. Well, this, I'll, I'll finish. Basically, what I'm what I'm getting at is it's a slower format, and people actually come to podcasts knowing that it's a slower format. Right. And they're willing to give you an hour or two or even three sometimes. And, and because I think people are coming around to the idea that you can't get everything in 30 seconds. Right? Like... Sometimes you need to slow it down in order to get the full picture, right? I, I just, I, podcasting has taken off, and to me it's an inspiring thing because people are actually listening to each other, in a nutshell. I agree with you uh, almost 100% on that. Okay. Uh, but a guy coming from, the only thing, <laughs> the only thing with, with me is that, I'm, is that I'm so, and have been so 
concerned about the technicalities of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, right now we got train, noise. we got train know, whistles, it's so and cool. we got cicadas. It, and, it is so cool, and there's yeah. no and there's no program director breathing down your back. You can say whatever you want. Exactly. You can use whatever words you want, and I think sometimes some of these guys take it to an extreme. Sure. sure. Okay. And there's and, and but, but that's understandable too. Well, this is something uh, we talked about the other night. It was like. Did you ever let a fuck out on the air, you know? I never did. <laughs> I seriously never Even did. Even though you probably maybe wanted to. It was very, very difficult yeah. at times. It was very, it was very... I fun. imagine, though, that was, that would have been your career, right? In some regards? It, de- it depends on how you did it. And what station you're working it for. It depends on how you did it. If you made a big deal about that, I, I've worked with some of the old guys that were just so cool, and, and they were... Uh, I remember one time, I'll tell you a quick story. Some yeah, of your listeners might know. It's a guy named Joe Pickett, who was a fabulous, uh, fabulous newscaster and, and broadcaster. And uh, he did like 5.30 to 6 with me. Uh-huh. Okay, just that little half-hour segment in the morning. And, and for some reason, uh, he, was, he, he was doing a live commercial. It was for Vincent's Furs. And he was talking about, well, Vincent's furs, they've got, uh, they've got fox, they've got fox furs, they've got beaver furs, they've got, they've got bear furs, they've got, Mink they got every, they've got every uh, fucking fur you, just on yeah, the air. Sure. Every, and he says, every, every fucking fur, fur you want. I'm like, I'm like, whoa. He said it. Right. But the thing is, he didn't stop. He just kept going. He just did. I didn't say, Joe, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was a, it was, it was a natural, con- it was a natural it was, conversation. Part, it, it was in the rhythm of the... Which is yeah. what this is right now. Right. But back in the days, that wasn't acceptable. But because we didn't make a big deal about it... Nobody hardly noticed. I don't think we had... I, I, I think we had maybe like one call maybe, if yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Somebody was upset, but who cares? You know? Who yeah. cares? Yeah. But see what I mean? It, it, it wasn't done... It wasn't done to... But you did have some kind of regulating body, right? The FDIC or something? Or what is that? The... Um... The FCC. FCC? (laughs) You are a young man. (laughs) No, it was the FCC, and they they had certain rules. You remember back, you remember back, you remember the, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Janet Jackson. I do remember that. I was a young. I was a young Nipplegate. Kid. Nipplegate. I, I was a kid, but I remembered the nipple. I that might have been the first tit I ever saw on on a screen. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. How yeah. How, how quick was that? You oh, had a, it was like half a second. You had yeah. A, yeah. But that was such a fucking big deal. Mm-hmm. Seriously, when I was on when I was on IBC, we had a we had and every every radio station went absolute batshit. Talking about that story. And yeah. the lawyers got involved. Uh. So, because the FCC said, that's it. You know, Justin Timberlake and whatever Janet Jackson decided they were going to pull off that, it wasn't an accident that fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. not an accident. I, I think you might be right. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So, But I'm, I remember sitting uh, in a meeting with everybody at uh, MS Broadcasting. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a conference call. I mean, all the stations and the lawyers and they were like, they were like, look, you cannot, guys, can't we, even talk about it, or you don't, no, you can, no, we don't want the word breast mentioned. Nipple, my was that breast? A and some of these yeah. stations were a little raunchy at the time. Yeah, but we were like a, like a, again a full service talk radio station. Like, I mean, wait, so can I say tit? Can I say boob? Can I say you? Can, <laughs> here's my point. Yeah. I said, I actually said, I said, look, I have got a show coming up, and I really did, a show coming up on breast cancer. And an, how an, do you an, do that an, without an, saying an, breast? An actual yeah. show, I'm talking to the lawyers now, yeah. an actual show coming up on breast cancer. Yeah. It's a very informative piece. We did a lot of research. Important. We got these Important. doctors on. Yeah. They said, you know what? We would suggest that you put that off. No shit. That you put that off. I don't know, maybe a month a from month now, or two, two months yeah. from now, whatever. They actually said that. That's because, how. That's how. That's how fucking freaked out that the lawyers were. They didn't want to talk about boobs anymore. Now, it was yeah. legal. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't just boobs. Well, I wasn't gonna get on the air and talk about, you know, boobs. It was, it was the word. It was breast cancer. Yeah. The word breast was off limits. That's it. That's a that's a true story, man. I believe it. I fully believe it, and it, it makes me think about how much censorship is going around these days, and how 
certain words seem to be off limits at times. Well, oh, George Carlin, remember that? Yeah, you, you, you see, you I know George Carlin, but I, you know, but the seven dirty, the seven words you can't say on on TV on or TV whatever. Or yeah, it's like cocksucker, motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and and he ends it with he ends it with tits, and he says, and tits. He said, what's wrong with tits? He said, tits. That's like. That's like a, a friendly, like a nickname, tits. Hey, yeah. tits, meet tots, tits, tots, tits. You know. Uh, yeah. But Carlin was so brilliant when he, when he, when he did point that out, and, and obviously the words that, that he was pointing out that you couldn't use, and those are words you couldn't use. Right. Uh, it was strong words. Sure. You know, back but the then. last one, tits. But, but like, that's Carlin. Yeah, you know? but he's tits. making a point. He's making a point. Like, exactly. why not tits? But yeah, yeah, the FCC was very restricted back then, and also when that happened with Nipplegate. Uh, when that happened, uh, they were very they were very concerned about uh, live mics at hockey game, uh, NHL games behind the bench. You ever yeah. hear those guys? You ever, you ever hear those guys talk? The, oh, oh, just the comment. Just they don't. Yeah, just on the bench. You They're know, probably fuck is every other word. And, and if yeah. you have a live yeah. mic behind a bench, same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. sidelines of of a football game or, or anything. They were they were so it. concerned yeah. because. The fine was like I think it was huge. Yeah. It was like five hundred thousand dollars per incident. No shit. No wow. shit. Enough to bankrupt your station, or it, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a really really uh, uh, awkward, scary time. Yeah. Well, and I guess the argument can be made there for public airwaves, right? Because anybody with a radio can tune into that. But how is the internet, I guess, any different, right? Um, oh, what that? But that was putting them. out explicit but, content and stuff. But Mike, that was then. This is now. I, I guess so. There was no fucking internet. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. There was yeah. nothing like that. It, it was all. It was all terrestrial radio. It was all very restricted by the FCC. Yeah. Uh, trying to protect whoever That's they were trying to protect. Federal Communications Commission. Yes. That, okay. All right. There you go. Hey, I'm trying to get my history straight. Come on, you know? man. Hey, I'm a hi- I like history, so I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Well, yeah, that, know? that was, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they were in total charge. And, and one of the, you know, problems with terrestrial radio after a time, I mean, guys like Howard Stern and Donnie Imus, I mean, they'd walk, they'd walk right up to the line. Yeah, yeah, they'd yeah. They'd walk right up to the line. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the rest of us like, holy. Well, they say, like, without Howard Stern, you wouldn't have ever had, like, South Park, which... That's a stretch or whatever, but I, I don't know if you ever watched South Park, but that's what they would do too, is constantly toe the line with what they exactly. could get away with. And exactly, of course I did. I, yeah. I like, I like... But here's what, but, yeah. okay, so, anyway, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please, go on. But, 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 but here's what happened. With the advent of satellite radio, shock jocks went away. You could say... Shock anything. jocks are gone. Yeah. They're gone. You can't... Just, I've heard people talk about stuff on satellite radio that I wouldn't believe would ever be possible. Right. Ever be possible. It makes me cringe. And I don't I don't cringe easily. Sure. But it makes me cringe. And some of these guys use that because that's the only way that they, they know how to ex- express themselves. F bombs or talking about sure. women the way they talk about women sometimes and which I don't like that at all. But uh, uh, so shock jocks are gone. But back then Shock jocks, man, they made some cash. And even, you listen to Stern now today, right? I, I haven't listened to him really at all. I mean, no. he's, really? I mean, I know who he is, and I know what his whole, like, shtick is. He's but completely changed. He's kind of pacified? Well, yeah. he's my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. not talking about that anymore. He kind of get he kind of dips into that, dips into that well a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it's just... There, there's no there's no shock value to language anymore yeah. uh, on uh, terrestrial radio it's still there you know but with the advent of satellite and you know it's you say anything you want man so yeah, you basically can say with very few restrictions there is even though you're free to say whatever you want there are certain things you can say uh, certain things that you can't say yeah. They'll come after you for that. They're not going to take away your license. There are no licenses. But the but but the uh, uh, the uh, blowback is would be huge. So, makes me want to ask you, like, yeah, you're thinking about starting podcasting? Maybe, maybe you're toying with the idea. You got maybe s- sounds like maybe you got a friend or two that you'd maybe do a show with. Maybe, maybe. I think your voice is 
fucking you, don't keep it to yourself. Like put it back out there. That's yeah. my that's my input. But I guess my point of bringing it up is like, what would you want to talk about? Would I you want to do current events or would you want to do? You know like, what we always did. You know, at, yeah, current like lifestyle. Yeah. Talk That's kind of what Easy Peasy is supposed to be—is a lifestyle. That's podcast. what I'm saying. See, yeah. just like we're just like we're talking right now. Yeah. That to me, this to me is very it is a very important way to communicate mm. uh, without agitating, without arguing. Right. I, I I hated that when I was on the air right. on terrestrial radio. They would kind of push me toward that. I fucking hated it. You don't want to be controversial. It's not so much being controversial. It's like not to be made controversial. Sure. See what I'm saying? Sure. You could say, like, if you want to talk about construction downtown in Indianapolis or whatever, or what's happening in Afghanistan, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not that well versed on the political scene, or uh, I don't really want to get get into that that deep. But I think it's important that things like this exist. That you're just able to talk. Whether who hears this, I don't know. I almost feel like it's better that we have honest conversations, right? Like in this medium, than right. than rely on sort of the conversations that were fed through through the news, right? Exactly. Which are the intentionally controversial. You know, it's like I think we should be able to talk about controversial things in yes. a non-controversial way. Bingo, man! That yeah. is perfect. Yeah, Mike, that is perfect. And if you're able to do that. You can solve a lot of problems. Yeah. You can solve a ton of problems. If you're able, just logical, normal discourse without losing your mind, yeah. without losing your... And, you know, the loudest person in the room is usually the one that's wrong, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, So yeah. you have to remember that, too. I've heard it said that, like, the most certain person usually knows the least. It's, it's exactly <laughs> right. Know? Like, it's exactly the right. The more knowledge you have, if, you, if you're humble... Like the less you actually well, you, know, and, and you know? another thing, Mike, yeah. is listening. Yeah, listening is so fucking huge. Yeah, well, I, I learned that you know, you know, in all my years in radio, listen, you know, I mean, you could have a, a, you know, you could have questions prepared and everything else, and and, yeah. and then you you ask them to your guest, and and uh, and you don't listen to their response, and you just you go to the page and ask the next question. Listening is really important. Yeah. you can learn so much from people. And you might come up with a better question. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, it's like, just be nice, man. Yeah. Just be nice. How fucking hard is it to just <laughs> be nice? Well, that's, it's kind of like, I alluded to it earlier, but like I recorded this thing last night and then I re-recorded it and then I re-recorded it again and I didn't like any of it because what I'm trying to talk about is this issue of vax versus unvaxed. Okay. Right. It's the big issue of the day. And I don't like the way that it's looking. I don't like the way that people are treating each other. And I don't like the idea of two classes of people, like, in general. Well, I think this that's is a bad idea. I never saw this shit coming. And I, I never saw this vax, anti-vax shit coming. I'm trying to broach this issue without being the guy that sounds like he's against the shot. But I am the guy that's against the paperwork, like the passport. Okay, and, you know, that's fine. And, but it's a hard issue to even bring up. That's fine. Um, like, I've chosen so far not to get the shot. Yeah. Part of me wants to go get it so then I can burn my papers on, on video and, you know, be like, this is how I feel. But at the same time, I just don't even know if I want to, like... I don't... Why are you afraid? Let, let, let me ask you yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Why? Let me interview you for yeah, a second. Yeah, do it, please. What? I can't hear you. Oh, we can pause. Okay, pause. Yeah, yeah I got my go. got my pistol in my pocket. I can't put my lighter on there. <laughs> I got my pistol in my pocket too. I know, right? <laughs> we are recording again. Back from the bathroom. Uh, we're back on the air. I'm gonna steal that before you walk away with it. It's you cool. know, I, I saw a funny little thing the other day. It was like, you know. We'll set that. It's it's got these little clips <laughs> right cool. there. That, that'll fun. do. Um, ah, forget it. So we were talking about vax and whatnot. Right. And we went to the bathroom, and I was walking behind you, and I almost said to you, I figured I'd wait until we got back on the recorder, but I, if I'm in as if I'm in half as good a shape as you are, at your age, I'm gonna be happy. 
It's like, really kind of you to say you, that, Mike. You, clearly, you work out. You, you yeah. mentioned earlier you hit a bag, yeah? A heavy bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do some boxing, yeah? I did a little bit of that in Chicago, you know, yeah. kind of like a boxing routine and everything, but I had a heavy bag in a basement. But it's like, to me, seriously, it's very kind of you to say that, but uh, to me, uh, it's going to the gym is something I like to do. I know a lot of folks don't. I'm very fortunate, I think, in 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 in, in the aspect that I, I like to do it. Yeah, so yeah, to yeah. me, I, to me, it's like part of my day. You know. So you go every day? Yeah, yeah, I do. Seven days a week? Five days a week. Okay. Five six days a week. I take I take a day off. Mostly I mean, lift not, or? Not, yeah, you do lift cardio. I mean, I'm 71 okay. years old. I mean, you can't be doing 200 pound bench presses. You know. I no. Mean, but so, but you try to. Lighter intensity stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 just you know, staying in shape. I've always liked it, and uh, hopefully it pays off. I don't know. Well, I tell you, for seventy-one, I bet you could you could probably kick some millennial ass. <laughs> I think that that's a possibility. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to give that a shot. Not all of us, but okay. most of us. No, no, no. Most I, of us. No, I think it's uh, again. It's very nice to to say that, but it's just something that I think. Uh, you know endorphins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People don't understand what. Uh, do you run or anything? Am I you? I don't. I mean, you're a farmer, or you? You're... I don't feel the need because when I work, I work, work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get my exercise while I'm getting paid. Same thing with my wife. You know, like yeah. I, like we said before, she's a farmer. She's they're out there, and you know, eight hours a day in the heat or whatever, the rain. You know, and and uh, they work. They work oh, yeah. really, really hard. I, I don't think people sometimes understand what it takes to get that produce from the ground to the food banks. No, for real. It's a lot of fucking work. So you told me about it the other night, but tell us what your wife does. She's a farmer for uh, Urban Acres. Yeah. And they have, uh, I, I believe, four or five different farms, uh, Mike, around around the uh, city. And, and and Tyler Goff is the guy who started it, our brother-in-law, but uh, and, his, and his wife, Gentry, my wife's sister. Yeah, but they bring kids in from the city, you know, kids who don't know what a farm is. Yeah. They have no idea what a farm is. Right. But when they bring them in, they didn't do it, at, not during COVID, but they bring them in, and it's like, okay, this is this is what farming is. And same thing with, they, they bring corporations in, mm-hmm. and they're like, they do a day out there, I'll, I'll, and, they, and they put them to work. I'll, I'll rephrase what you said there, not to correct you, but you say bring them in. I say you're bringing them out, right? You're bringing the kids out of the classroom. You're bringing the corporate people out of the office. Great point. Into the nature. Great point. Into the outdoors. Great point. And it's a shame that that ever stopped during COVID because I think we've all come to understand that the outdoors are pretty fucking safe. I know. And and I actually, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I studied outdoor recreation down, down at IU. It was, the whole thing was outdoor recreation, parks, and human ecology. Okay. And the idea of human ecology. Wow, that's an interesting. Uh, it, it's an interesting major. Yes. It only existed for about 15 years. Yeah. They shut it down shortly after I left. Uh, I'm glad I got to go while that existed. Uh, it kind of got blended into environmental management and kinesiology. Yeah. They, they kind of divided it up. What is, what, what, is, what is kinesiology? That's the study of movement of the human body. So like a lot kinetics. of. Kinetics. Kinetics. A lot of like gym teachers study kinesiology. Okay. Um, or coaches or this or that. But you know, all throughout my studies, I continually was reinforced with this idea that the outdoors are healthy. They're good for us, right? In many, many ways. And gardening has become my sort of, what I've come to realize as the pinnacle of outdoor experience, as far as what we can do to benefit ourselves. Yeah. You know, we can go hiking, we can go fishing, but if we really want to like feed our souls, feed our bodies, gardening, you know, farming is the way to do it. And it's cool that your wife's in. I mean this. I mean this respectfully. You sound just like her. Yeah. I hear this. Well, I would maybe, I would maybe like to interview your wife someday. uh, If I could make that happen, I'll make it happen. Make her listen to this. And and not only, not, not only her but i mean the rest of the the people that 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 work urban acres yeah uh and and all the other farms uh that contribute and and they're totally non-profit i mean this all goes right this all goes to food banks man and you said i think you told me last time i met you is like what seventy thousand pounds a year thousand pounds yeah a year yeah 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 
That's a lot of food mm -hmm. for people that desperately need it. It's it's a big part of what I want to do eventually with my business. And it's good food. It's good, healthy food. And Organic. These are, you talk about food yeah. deserts and all that other shit. I, 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 I understand that. Uh, but they're, they're constantly doing that. And she volunteers at, at food banks. And not just her, but the rest of them, too. Uh, it's And I never knew anything about this until uh, 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 I met her and married her. Uh, how difficult, how difficult it is to go from the farm to the table. Not an easy thing. No, not in our current day. No, it's it's become incredibly complex. But I think the key is is resimplifying it. You know, with stuff like what your wife is doing, growing food in the city for people in the city. Right. It doesn't get any simpler. You know, and, and it's kind of funny because you know the, you, you bring kids in from the inner city, and, uh -huh. and uh, Tyler Tyler Goff, who who is the guy who came up with this idea, part of the uh, Parks Alliance, Indy Parks Alliance is, is is behind the whole thing. But it was kind of it was kind of funny because these kids came in, these little kids, came, not little kids, teenagers, sure, uh, 12, 13, whatever, and they they, they put them to work. And with the, well, when they came to the farm the first time, they came to the farm, they said, "Well, this can't be a farm because there's no chickens." <laughs> Tyler said, "Well, I guess we need some chickens." Gonna go get some chickens. <laughs> and he he went and got a bunch of chickens, man. And they I like, love it. They like the cool. They lay eggs. Yeah. But they're like, like the coolest chickens in the world. They're all different. Yeah. And they all have different names. One is one has like a like a fluff on her head, and it's Tina Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other, chi another chicken's name is uh, Cluck Norris. Cluck Norris. See, I had a chicken named Pamela. After, can you guess? Who do you think of when you th hear the hear the name Pamela? Anderson. Yeah, I, I got this bird given to me because the long story short, the gal. She had a whole flock of birds. She yeah. was she was processing them for meat, right? Yeah. She was killing them and processing them. And on the second to last bird, she cut her hand wide open. You know, bloody mess. There's one bird left alive. And she just, she's like, I can't do it. My hand's jacked up. And so she gave it to me. She hadn't named it, but I named it Pamela because I'd never seen a chicken with such big tits. Oh! <laughs> oh. And they were tasty, let me tell you. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, my dog got the liver, I got the breasts. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta eat it all. <laughs> but wow. no, that's cool, that's cool. You know, it's like this whole food thing, I found, I, I, I sound like a broken record half the time because I harp about local food being so important. Right. But it's like really, I don't see what else, people gotta eat, you know? What else comes before that, you know? Well, I, and it's also making it available Making good, healthy produce—they don't do meat, you know—but making good, healthy produce available to people that wouldn't normally have access to it, and 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 these food gleaners and you know Old Bethel and, and some of these other places um, were kind of hit bad by COVID. You know, some of the older, some of the some of the workers were older. Yeah, they want to come there. So the, so the Urban Acres people came in and volunteered and everything. And I, I, I volunteered a couple of times. Probably I should do it a, more than I should. But uh, it's amazing how they work it, man. I mean, they, they put baskets together with all this great stuff. Now, in the food banks, they do have, they will give them meat and stuff like that. Right. But like Jilly, my wife, Jillian, uh, and some of the folks at Urban Acres will put flowers in the basket. Just cause, yeah. It's a flower, it's yeah. a, a bouquet, yeah. you know, and that's a big deal. And the smiles on the faces and, and, and uh, to me it's, like I say, I never really realized how important that was and, and, until I married Jilly and, and, and got involved in a small way with Urban Acres. Sure, sure. Well, I'm gonna have to get involved myself. Urban Acres sounds awesome. I'd heard about it, but I'd never, I've never met anybody that's Mike, associated. Mike, you, would, you yeah. would love these guys. Yeah. You would love these guys. So how long you been with, you say Jillian or Julian? Jillian. Jillian with an I? Jillian. Yeah. J-I-L-L-I-A-N. How long y'all been together? Jillian, Jilly Willie, Jilly, <laughs> Jilly Wilson, <laughs> Jilson. <laughs> I got yeah, all yeah, these yeah. names. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, we were, uh, we've been together, we'll be married, 
put me on a spot now. Um, in December 1970, oh Jesus Christ, man, 14 years. 14. Okay. Yeah, knew knew each other. She's younger than I am, but uh, knew each other like five years before that. Uh, remarkable lady, and uh, changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. Our age difference is huge. Yeah. It's 24. Yeah. Okay. Well, learned, I say good for you. She learned, well, <laughs> not so much that, but I mean, she learns from me and I learn from her. Well, no, it, I mean. It, it really is interesting, man. Yeah, it yeah. really is interesting. And some people might say, oh, my God. Well, you, no, it's really very interesting. It, it, it's, a, it's a cool thing. She sees things a little differently than I do, and I see things a little differently than she does. And we can talk about it without getting batshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard it. I've heard. I'm, I'm going to probably butcher this, but I've heard that like studies have been done as to like what makes a happy couple right. and like age difference and uh, like cultural difference, like and racial difference. Apparently, biracial cup, couples are happier on average. Wouldn't that be than, than that'd be into yeah. That, you I, want I mean, a little difference. You want a little something else. Well, you know? There's never a lack of things to talk about. Let me yeah! put it that way. Yeah. Never. There's never a dull moment when you want to talk. There's never a dull moment, whether you agree, disagree, or whatever. And I, I can see exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's, it's a. Anyway, I, I'm very fortunate that I met her. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that I, that I, you know, been involved in Urban Acres to some degree. Yeah. Uh, very fortunate with my career. Extremely fortunate. I consider myself so fucking lucky yeah i'm not kidding you man so lucky lucky guy hell yeah i i think i'm a pretty lucky guy too there you, you know? go i get to do shit i like and get paid to do it you know what else can you ask for isn't it that's the key <laughs> you know? and how many people don't have that yeah a lot how many a people lot. hate to go to work and but they have to and, and and there's nothing wrong with that oh and it's totally commendable and respectable gotta and do like, it I, I almost feel like they're braver than I am for going and doing something they hate and, and just putting up with it, but... Bingo. I, I couldn't do that. Bingo. I couldn't. We are very fortunate yeah. that we've... I am, and, and, and obviously you are too, that, that, that we're able to do that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, most people eventually at some point in their life will be able to do that. So I'm curious to ask you, because I actually looked into you a little bit after we met. Yeah, Just, yeah, just yeah. a little bit, sure. and I... It, the impression I got, I didn't really read much, but the impression I got was that you when left... I, when I Googled? Yeah, when I Googled you, uh, it was like that you <laughs> left... That's so, that's, so, that's so fucking strange, man. People Isn't that st- funny? People still ask me about shit, and I'll say, what just Google me? Google me, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Well, I'd rather get the first-hand account. But yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be a smart-ass about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I think it's really cool to just say Google me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But it, I got the impression that you kind of left... WIBC kind of uh, suddenly is that is that accurate or is that not I think that's fairly accurate I, I, it was it was coming for a long time it was it was not like uh, it was not like uh, it was look man they were going a different direction and I knew they were and I didn't want to go that way, and they knew I didn't want to go that way. And I was tired of doing mornings for 20 years, man. I, I really started was. to get repetitive. And, it, and it, but it also was, to be very honest with you, was reflective on the air. I lost interest in it. Okay, and it was time to go. Yeah. They kind of forced my hand a little bit, but there was no animosity about it. I mean, they they they, they were very very fair. Um, but at the time, it was like breaking news I'm like are you fucking kidding me this is breaking news <laughs> I mean, people care seriously, seriously. <laughs> but, I, but I, I remember the day when I announced it on the air you know I had talked to the guys before that and said look we, I can't just not be here tomorrow yeah you gotta okay. you gotta say something very yeah. few times that happens Mike very few times when 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 you very few times when uh, can, I, can I have one of those uh-huh. very few times my wife smokes those, the yellow, I smoke the orange. But very few times when when they know it's done that they let you back on the air. Okay? You can say anything. Anything you wanted to say. 
you could just go. So you're saying by the time that they knew you were going to be leaving the station, most of the time they they wouldn't take the risk of you saying, you know, coming back on the air live and saying something that they and might regret. After me, with everybody else that happened to it, that was they just it was like they weren't there the next day. Okay. So they you were, were the only one that was able to kind of come back and speak your piece from or? that from that particular era, and it wasn't a speaking my piece. It was like a goodbye party. Say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, hey, yeah. governor and all that shit going on, you know, and everything. And, 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 they, were, and, they, were, and they were all very, all the, the people that I had talked to over the years were, 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 were so kind, you know, with their accolades and their messages and everything else. But they trusted me. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to trust that guy. Yeah. Say, hey, you're done. Yeah. Are you in the office? Hey, you know what? It's your last show. Well, because they don't want you bad mouthing the of station or of yeah, course not. yeah, right. It'd be awful, right? You know, on both on both ends. So, but but they were but but that was a, a, a situation where they were they allowed me to, to to have that. I guess I wasn't real comfortable with it, but uh, it was a nice way to go. So when was this? This was in 2000, the end of 2007. Have you been on the air mm-hmm. since? After that, uh, I did, uh, contractually, there are certain things you can do and can't do uh-huh. after that. So after the year ended, I was on uh, an oldie station for a while, for a year, which didn't work out. It was fun. OV, what's that? An oldies station. Oldies, oldies. I'm not enunciating as, as, as well as I should. <laughs> a shot right of tequila now. might have done it. <laughs> Tried you, not to say that. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, but yeah. So I did that for you know for a year. Okay. And yeah. and, and it just wasn't the same. And uh, after that, it was done. That's it. Uh, I, and I have no real. And I go back on IBC every every while, every once in a tequila, every 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 once in a while. Yeah. You know, they'll be back on the air in uh, make a little cameo kind of thing. Or? What they do is like every year they call me to, to come back and talk about nine uh, eleven because I was I was the I was the guy on the air at nine eleven. Well, because it was like that, eight a.m., nine a.m., something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the first guy on the air, not just me, but it was. A, the news department and everybody else that saw it on a closed circuit screen and talked about it, you know. And so were you like live on the air it. seeing was, it happen? And dude, I was live. How'd you, did you try to like keep doing your normal thing till you knew what was going on or did everything stop? And We were talking about Michael Jordan and I looked up on the, we had monitors, Remember Studios on a Circle? Are you familiar with that or not? No. I was about seven or eight okay. years old. So Studios yeah. on a Circle were, were uh, it was like a living billboard. We're, we're, we're broadcasting live every day. People could look in and see us. And we had TVs everywhere. And I happened to look up and I saw, it was closed circuit. And I saw the networks that weren't even covering it. I mean, it was just like. Everything switched over to that. Yeah. No, it was just, it was, it was just. It was just, it was just the tower with that plane went through it, you know, and I, I saw it and I remember saying, you know, this wasn't a small plane. This was, this was, you could see, you could see the wings, you could see everything. And we talked about it for a little bit and, and uh, but the networks weren't even on it yet. So we talked about, you know, I'm going to. Again, I'm going to talk. I'm going to be on here with them, you know, next uh, Saturday, which is the it's 20th, coming up. 20th, it's coming up. 20th yeah. anniversary. And so we talked about it for a little bit, and, and then we uh, sent it back to the news department, and they came back down to us, and and uh, we just took it from there, man. It was crazy, dude. So did you just stay on the air for? I stayed on the air for a little bit. Uh, another guy came down. I stood outside. Because normally you'd be done at nine o'clock or something right but i imagine that was a different kind of day well in that situation you want to you don't want to 
abandon. Pass out false information. The news department has a lot more information than I have down in the studio. You know, do it to them, and they did a, a, a magnificent job. I was outside coordinating uh, uh, what I heard outside, outside the window. Yeah. You know, the studio on the circle, uh, and uh, all kinds of false rumors going on and everything. You I'm try sure, to, just try, chaos. Oh man, it was yeah. like crazy. Like IPD is going to surround the circle. You know, everybody in a tall building is going to get out and all that, all that shit. But. Yeah, it was, it was a... It's a hell of a day, yeah. Well, and I, I've said before, I think it's a... They can say, like, we're all millennials or whatever, but there's, like, a line for me... Um, yeah. Where if you remember that day versus if you don't remember that day. Right. You know, I was, like I said, seven, eight years old. Well, so how did that how did that affect a seven or eight-year-old? Well, What I, did your mom tell you? What did your dad tell you? What did you or, you, or whoever you were with at that time, I'll what did it, they tell I'll, you? I'll put it this way, so... I got two older sisters, I'm the youngest, so I was always like, kind of like exposed to the reality of the world at a younger age. I got, I've, I, got, I've got twin sisters, 11 months younger than me, we were Irish triplets, so go ahead. <laughs> so I know, Irish triplets. I know what you're saying. <laughs> so anyways, like, there was not really any hiding like reality from me as a kid, because my sisters were old enough to like appreciate things. and. And actually, my sister's, my oldest sister's birthday is 9-11. And so it was her, I believe, 13th birthday. I'd have to make sure of that, but I'm yeah, pretty yeah. lucky number 13, right? And so I have very vivid memories of that day because we were celebrating her birthday with the news on behind us. And, like, it was just very somber, but, like, we're trying to celebrate at the same right. time. And, and I have memories from elementary school. I, I'm grateful in that my teacher i know that other people my age were not allowed to watch the news that day but my teacher insisted that we have the news on and and bear witness wow she and she really imparted the um the you remember her name yes mrs smock she's a good teacher she imparted the importance of it to us she said this is really serious and like a lot of people died and for a third grade class not a lot of teachers would have necessarily done that, but I'm glad she did. It's kind of like a moment where you grow up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Man, you were young. I was young, but I'm grateful that I was allowed to experience it for what it was, when it happened. Nobody tried to shield my eyes. You know, I had a lot of problems with the fact that, like, as the youngest of three and both of my sisters obviously being girls, I would get my eyes shielded and my ears covered for anything sexual in any, like, we'd watch Friends as, as a family, right? Friends, you know, the sitcom. And it was like anytime anything sexual came up, it's like, all right, cover your eyes, you know? But I never liked that. I, I appreciated the fact that when something very real was going on, nobody told me to cover my eyes. Yeah. Uh, because everybody recognized that it was serious and... I just, I, I, I had a really interesting moment. I was tour guiding down in Brown County while I was in college. I was a zipline tour guide. Okay. Holy shit, man. I've had a lot of weird jobs. Yeah. Uh, but I had this mother and daughter. It was just the three of us. And I was taking them on this course, you know. And and, uh, and I, think it w- I think it was on 9-11. I was tour guiding them on the day. And... Like me and the mother were kind of talking about, oh, you know, the importance of the day. And the girl said, well, what's like, she didn't know. No one had ever told her about 9-11. She was probably, she was probably 10 years old, 11 maybe. Right. And I'm, you know, 20, whatever. She's just 10 years younger than I am, but she's got no clue. It's like, didn't they teach you about this in school? I guess not. And, uh, and then after like, we realized, whatever, we, the mother explained to the daughter, like 9-11 was this day where... You know, terrorists flew planes into the towers and blah, blah, blah. And once she explained that, the kid was like, okay, wow, wow, I didn't know about that. And, and I said, you know, it's actually interesting that, um, like, it's, we joke that it's our family curse, right? So my oldest sister was 9-11. My middle sister was August 29th, which was when Katrina hit New Orleans, August 29th, 2007 or whatever it was. 
And then I was April 19th, which was the Oklahoma City bombings. Oh, man. So we were all born on these, like, terrible days in history. Dude, uh, at, 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 at some other, at, not, not to interrupt. Go ahead. But some other time, some other podcast, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you about that day. The Oklahoma, let's. Because I was on the air. Were you? I think, we, I think we've gone long enough on this. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe but so. I'll tell you about that if you want to do it again. And it, and it was, I'm telling you, it's extremely interesting. I imagine it would be, and let's save it. Let's save it for another one, because I want to have you on again. Let's do I'll, that. I'll wrap this story up by saying it was just fascinating to watch this mother explain 9-11, explain you know, Hurricane Katrina, and the Oklahoma City bombings in you know a very short way to this young daughter of hers right. who had never heard of any of these events, despite being of an age that I would have thought they would have taught this stuff in school. And this is all very recent history. It's just like, again, it kind of like, to me, that that's the difference between maybe people born like in the, in the early 90s versus like the early 2000s. It's a small window of time, but there's a dramatic difference in what we're aware of and what we witnessed. And um, I imagine as a guy that spent all those years on the radio, you were plugged in to all the major world events as they've unfolded. Yeah. And I just, I, I guess it comes back to that, that issue we were talking about, that story about it feels like the world's falling apart, but it's good to remember that people are still good, right? We can make we can make it through this. There is no question we can make. We've it been through this. through this kind of thing before, no, if not worse. No question. No question. Okay. Right? Well, I say we call it a call it a night there, right? Okay, pal. Cheers. I really appreciate it, Jeff. Hey, you know, my pleasure. Jeff Pigeon, the man, the myth, the legend. Mike Whistler. Know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're definitely gonna have you back, man. Okay. Thanks. Definitely. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. This has been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again.